Pass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from Megaware Kill Guard Studios. Hey, 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 Bass Edge Nation. We are back for another great episode of Bass Edge Radio. Aaron, here we are sitting just before the beginning of July, and uh, I'm getting older, and the time keeps rolling by just as fast. Boy, that is for sure. Six months, half the year is already gone, ready to roll over into the second half, and, you know, with us the entire time for all 307 episodes has been our longtime partner, MegaWare Keel Garden, which makes Bass Edge Radio even possible. Certainly, uh, for those who have not heard us say it many, many times, protect your boat with the fantastic products, the Flex Step, the do-it-yourself, first do-it-yourself keel protector, the Skeg Guard, the list goes on and on. Be sure to check them out at keelguard.com. Happy July 4th, a little early, Kurt. Fireworks are going to be going off, I'm assuming, at your house, or are you even going to be at your house? I will not be at the house. Fireworks will be going off all over the country, and I will catch them somewhere. I'm just not sure where yet. Maybe you uh, have to do it on your flight down to ICAST? Yeah, well, that's... That would be just premature, but actually I'm doing some filming for Hayabusa, which I'm really excited about on some lakes up in New York. So uh, that should be a lot of fun teaming up with Featherwick, Bud Cipolletti. If you've never seen the Featherwick videos, he builds some awesome artistic fishing videos. So check those dudes out. But we are going to be doing some Hayabusa filming with Featherwick. And then, Aaron, you're exactly right. We're going to repack our bags and head down to ICAST, man. I'm looking forward to iCast there's uh, always something new interesting in iCast it's one of those you know two or three premiere shows of the year where you get to see all the new innovative ideas going on in the fishing industry yeah and for those who may not be aware iCast is closed to the public but it is definitely one of the premiere shows Kurt like you had mentioned where all of the new stuff that comes out is on display with buyers representatives uh you know, anybody who's anybody in the fishing world is kind of there. Of course, you're there. I'm not. So that tells you uh, <laughs> what's going on. But I'm excited, Kurt. There's a lot of new developments within the trolling motor world. Aaron, uh, the trolling motor world is about to get crazy, in my opinion. You know, for years, we've heard about rumors of power pole coming out with a trolling motor unit. I don't know if that's true or not, but it has been a rumor for years since they've gotten into some of the other boat accessory business out side of the power pole itself. We definitely know that Garmin is coming out with a new trolling motor this year. So uh, I believe 100% sure, 99.9% sure maybe I should say, that it will be displayed at ICAST. You're going to be hearing about the Garmin trolling motor. Also, the Brunswick Corp, you know, parent company of Mercury Motor Guide, they are also coming out with a new trolling motor. So the trolling motor world is about to get shaken up. It's going to be interesting. You know, Motor Guide, in my opinion, from back in the day, you know, 15, 20 years ago, probably highest percentage on the front of a bass boat, you know, back in the 90s. Motor Guide was probably the highest percent. Then Minn Kota started to get involved in the game and they really got it going on. And for all the ancient folk like out there like me, Johnson trolling motor <laughs> yeah. was even before the motor guy. So anyway, you went Johnson, 
Then Motor Guide became the deal back in the 90s and uh, early 2000s. Then really, that's when you started to see that shift to Minn Kota. And of course, since they've come out with the Alltrex, Aaron, I don't know. Oh my, yeah. I don't know you could go to a ramp and not see 75% of the trolling motors on boats bought in the last two years are Alltrex, would you say? Maybe Absolutely. Even I think that could be a little low. I mean, you know, that's yeah. certainly what we run. And it'll be interesting to see, Kurt, because that Ultrax, that is the real deal. It'll be interesting to see if anybody is able to penetrate kind of that market share that Minn Kota with the Ultrax seems to have currently. You bet. So the cool thing is, is we've mentioned before here, competitive environment creates better product and Ultrax, the Minn Kota has really pushed the other manufacturers. They are going to now start stepping up to the plate. Makes you and- wonder if our partners Lawrence is going to maybe have something coming out or are they just going to let the chips fall where they may and then sit back and watch or you know those are other rumor mills you keep hearing <laughs> so that's why i really think that the trolling motor world is really going to get a shake up over the next definitely the next month just because of the new motor guide that's going to be coming out and, and a new garmin that's going to come out but i really believe over the next 18 months to two years we're going to have a new wide range of selection as far as trolling motor options for the front of a bass boat so stay tuned to that man it's going to be interesting be sure you stay in tune to iCast check out all the new stuff that's going to be displayed and talked about and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun down there I'm really looking forward to being there with Hayabusa so uh, we'll see how it all shapes out of course Megaware Aaron you know will be there as well you look for some videos from Megaware Keelguard they're going to be doing some cool stuff down there as well but um, without further ado Aaron we have got to continue on and move into the protect the Harvest Tackle Tip. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Bass Edge host Aaron Martin. When fishing clear water, often we tend to kind of shy away from bigger baits perhaps. Maybe it's because of just something that we've picked up down through the years of allowing that water to kind of get in our heads and thinking that we're not able to use big baits. But I tend to kind of shy away from that thinking and I've had actually quite success throwing a big seven inch zoom magnum trick worm and depending on the water clarity i'll generally pick eight to twelve pound tests if i'm where i can see say in like bull shoals to where the water's perhaps 20 25 foot i'll lean more towards that eight pound test but essentially i'll do a braid to floral with a uninot the actual hook that i use is a four-aught molded to a fixed lead head with a wide gap hook that has an r-bend in it quarter ounce head throw that on a medium heavy seven foot rod i want that extra power to be able to get that hook set and be able to fight those bigger fish that generally you catch on that type of presentation again throwing that bigger bait in that clear water man talking about having some great success and kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit and i think you too will be surprised at how many big fish you can catch under those circumstances awesome aaron that's a great tip from protecttheharvest.com First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. 
Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Bass Edge Radio. Really, Aaron, this is like a special surprise, right? Um, it's like a special report, newsflash, you know? Breaking, breaking news. That's right. So we've got a highlighted smallmouth segment right here on this July 1 issue of Bass Edge Radio. And a fan favorite, former Elite Series angler, current BASS Opens angler, Charlie Hartley's in the house. Charlie, thanks for taking time to be on this special show i couldn't be happier to be on kurt talking about my favorite subject and you can even add uh, coastas i'm fishing the northern coastas just to get me some more smallmouth action well let me tell you the northern coastas is lined up and of course they've got an event i believe that you hold near and dear to your heart over there on the east coast and all kinds of great fisheries man it's going to be a fun summer and we wanted to be sure that we could kick off this summer bass edge radio season and hopefully lead anglers to catching some more smallmouth bass. Sounds like fun. Let's teach them how to do it. <laughs> Charlie, I follow and share Kurt's uh, opinion of what he said earlier off air in that if you're on social media, for those of Bass Edge Nation that are, and look at your pages, no one flashes more smallmouth and more big smallmouth than what you do. So I'm excited. As Kurt mentioned, with smallmouth bass season in all states now fully in Engaged. We want to get your opinions on some of the best destinations and ways to catch spawn, post-spawn, and summertime smallies. First off, what are your three favorite smallmouth destinations? You know, my wife says my favorite place is where I just caught my last fish is my favorite place <laughs> to fish. And she's right about that. But trying to pick my three favorite smallmouth destinations, like trying to pick my favorite kind of ice cream. I love them all. We are, I am blessed to live in an area where I can be uh, near a lot of them. And uh, my first choice just uh, out of uh, hometown favorite is Lake Erie and Lake St. Clair. The south shores of Lake Erie are within about an hour and a half of me and that's the one i can get to the closest we do have some local reservoirs that have surprisingly good smallmouth fishing but nothing like natural lakes if i had to choose a smallmouth fishery it'd be a natural lake it'd be lake erie my other favorite of course that kurt has a lot of success and experience on and i towed him out to get his boat once when it broke down it's a thousand <laughs> islands area of lake that's ontario right. it is not only the prettiest place i've ever been but the fishing has been been phenomenal and getting better all the time and the finger lakes in new york lake champlain i could go on and on there uh, traverse city michigan uh Mille Lacs, 
we are blessed in America with incredible smallmouth fisheries. And in our lifetime, we've watched smallmouth go from three to four pounds to five and six and seven pounds. It's incredible what we've seen. It is amazing what you would say the boom if you go back and look. You know, we always talk about tournament fishing here, but but really tournament fishing is a great gauge of, of fisheries. And if you go back 20, 25 years, a 14 to 15 pound bag was a solid bag of smallies. All that would get you was a wet eye these days because you'd be crying home <laughs> because everyone's catching yeah. Yeah, 20 and 25 now, pound yeah. bags. Yeah. Yeah. Global warming, gobies, zebra mussels, and better fish management uh, and better water quality has led us to giant gargantuous smallmouth that don't even look real. We joke that their stomach starts right below their chin. You know, they, they just, they're square <laughs> now from their diet. And all those natural fisheries are just unbelievable. Um, and, and the nice thing about smallmouth, they always seem to be eaten. They always have an attitude. They don't seem to be turned off like largemouth at times. And, you know, when they're biting, your grandma or your little kid can catch them. That's the funnest thing about them. No doubt about it. I'm glad that you mentioned destinations all across the northern portion of the U.S. so that Bass Edge listeners can know the closest place that have such magnificent smallmouth fishing as we're talking about today. Charlie? It seems we've had an extended winter a little bit this year. Can anglers still find smallies on the beds up north in early July? Absolutely. You know, we had a major spawn just last uh, weekend before this. Uh, we had a new moon. Um, most of the smallies in the southern part of the Great Lakes have just spawned. Um, the northern parts and uh, further north, Traverse City area, Champlain, uh, Thousand Islands, they're just now going on to the beds. Uh, usually around 4th of July, we see them out on Pelee Island. And our actual smallmouth season for Lake Ontario is not in yet. It doesn't come in until June 22nd. Gotcha. So imagine those southern guys thinking, you can't even fish for bass until the middle of summer. <laughs> well, you know, up in up in Ontario, it's not middle of summer yet. You'd, uh, you wouldn't want to jump in the water yet. So uh, everything is a couple weeks behind because of the late winter. It seemed like spring never wanted to get here. And then when it did, we've had record amounts of rain. The Great Lakes are at record highs. Uh, never seen the water this high in all of our natural lakes, which is just a blessing. Because uh, within 10 years ago, the Great Lakes were at historic lows. So mm -hmm. Mother Nature yes. is stronger than we understand. She's got a lot bigger plan than we do. And I think she's just washing everything out to get us ready for another 100 years of civilization. Could be. And Charlie, when you're talking about, you know, the record high water, I guess, levels that we've we've experienced, I, I think that's all across the U.S. right now, uh, it seems. I, I know certainly the area that I'm from. But tying back into what you'd said earlier, what are you seeing the water temperatures, kind of the typical range when smallmouth actually spawn? Does it differ based upon those geographic areas that you mentioned? Or can you use a range pretty much across regardless of where you're going? Uh, you know, smallmouth temperature-wise start a little earlier than largemouth. 55 degree water I start looking up shallow and they really spawn in a short period of time and it, it seems like the smallmouth are more affected by the moon phase than the temperature you need the temperature in that range but either a new moon or a full moon the smallmouth really react on 
on that. And I really think it's because of them living in natural lakes and in their natural environment. They haven't been transported to reservoirs in different areas where they have to adapt. So I really believe nature has them set up around those moon phases. That's great, great information. Charlie, talking about some spawning fish, you know, we're going to kind of take this from the spawn, post-spawn to summer patterns. What are some of the best spawning ground characteristics that you see when you're viewing these fish and really starting to grab them as they come up shallow, which we all love to fish shallow. And it's a lot of fun to see the natural behaviors of these fish. And also what techniques do you like to use in these situations? Yeah, smallmouth are so beautiful and so unique. And uh, the areas they like to spawn is really based on the environment they're living in. Great Lakes fish a lot of times have to find some protected water. They use harbors, they use break walls, they use islands, they use marinas. Out on uh, smaller natural lakes, any sand bays, a lot of the places that you would not think of as good smallmouth habitat later in the year is where they spawn. And uh, it's amazing. People would be amazed how shallow a northern smallmouth will spawn, literally in inches of water. They will also spawn super deep. There's main lake smallmouth that will spawn 15, 20 feet down in clear water. But on a lot of the Great Lakes, it's like taking candy from a baby right now because for many miles up and down uh, some of the Great Lakes, there's, there's nothing but bluff walls and they don't have anywhere to spawn. And if you have a harbor or a bay or a creek, they literally come in there in droves. You can watch them waiting their turn to come in and spawn. Uh, it really centralizes all those fish. You take all those fish that are out in one of the Great Lakes and imagine them all trying to find shallow enough water to spawn. It really makes them vulnerable for a couple of weeks. And unlike a largemouth, you don't have to talk them into biting. It, a lot of times you can throw within five feet of the bed and they'll leave the bed to go to attack it. It's, it's some of the most fabulous fishing you'll ever have. And you can catch them from everything from a you know the staple in smallmouth fishing which is a tube i call a tube uh, to a smallmouth is like a plastic worm to a large mouth it represents everything it eats we catch them on wacky rig senkos we even catch uh spawning smallmouth on topwater baits on prop baits and poppers and you know you can catch them on almost anything you want to catch them on when they're visible like that that's awesome well as as the fish move into post-spawn behavior charlie what becomes your focus to target those bass at that point in time you know i would was uh, very successful for years and years and years dragging a tube on natural lakes, the Great Lakes, Lake Champlain. I've won points titles on all smallmouth with my green pumpkin tube. But because of the zebra mussels, the tube has really become a secondary bait to me. Um, your line gets chewed up so bad when you drag on the bottom, you break off so often that a drop shot has become the staple of the Great Lakes and of northern smallmouth fishing. It is the most valuable tool we have. The thing I really like about it is we can fish vertically with it. I also fish jig and spoons and blade baits. A lot of times on the Great Lakes or these natural lakes, when they go post-spawn, we're fishing pretty deep. And I like to get right on top of fish when I'm fishing deep. I don't have enough patience to throw way out, let my bait sink and wonder if my bait's around them. I like to get right over top of them. 
and see my bait and see my fish on my screen so I know, you know, I have my bait in front of fish. But drop shots are the deal. And we fish them, you know, everything from very light drop shots to out in the Great Lakes with current and wind, clear up to one-ounce drop shot weights. Yeah. Well, Charlie, let me ask you another question about your drop shot setup. Do you feel like the leader length plays a significant role based on the time of year? It absolutely, and on the forage, Kurt. Um, A lot of people don't know this. The the main uh, forage on the Great Lakes now is a goby, and a goby doesn't even have an air bladder. So a goby cannot come off the bottom. A goby literally crawls around on the bottom. So we fish an extremely short dropper on the Great Lakes to imitate a goby. And then different times times of the years if the smallmouth are keying more on the emerald shiners we fish a longer drop shot leader most people think that a real long leader is for suspended fish that's not the case we really just adjust our drop shot leader length by how high we want the bait off the bottom if you're fishing for suspended fish you don't put a 10 foot dropper on you actually hold your drop shot up off the bottom 10 feet gotcha that's great information and water temps up north where do you get the water temps the height of the water temps where you really feel like the fish have moved into full summer patterns. What temp lets you know that and how do you go about locating those fish more offshore into submerged structure in a lot of situations, right? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. You know, around 72 to 75 degrees, uh, most of the big smallmouth have left the shallows. That's really my first indication is I catch 20 shallow smallmouth and none of them are the big females that means they're gone and i immediately start looking for the closest deep water the first major lake structures located near those spawning areas and as summer goes on they'll even work further and further out into the great lakes and the great lakes for people who haven't fished them are literally like oceans and uh, our electronics become really key our electronics have become so good that when those fish get offshore they'll show you where they're at and everyone always asks me what they're looking for you know what am i looking for on my electronics and i tell them when you're on lake erie or the great lakes or st Clair, you're looking for where your screen is so full of bait and fish you can't tell the bottom from the top and people think i'm crazy but i literally don't fish until my screen is full of bait and fish you know we have that good of fishing on the great lakes and unless your screen is solid with stuff you don't need to be there charlie fantastic Appreciate not only the information, but also just your attitude and your zest. I love every time we are able to have you on the air and certainly appreciate you helping out Bass Edge Nation in this special edition smallmouth segment that we thought was very timely considering the time of year. Like most of us, we can't get enough of it. But before we say goodbye, any final uh, comments or thoughts for the listeners? Everyone just enjoys fishing. I I absolutely love fishing so much. I I actually get a fish more now that I'm not on the elites. literally try to fish every day so uh life is short it's a precious gift enjoy every moment of it awesome stuff great to have you again on bass edge radio charlie look forward to seeing you somewhere on the road and as always following you on social media man you create a fun atmosphere even on my iphone so i appreciate that bass edge radio will return right after this message Hey, Bass Edge Nation. This is Mark Lassane. I'm BASS Pro, Brandon Card. I'm Jordan Lee. This is FLW Tour Champion, Andrew Upshaw. I'm Chad Hoover with Kayak Bass and TV, and you are chilling with Bass Edge Radio. 
know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Bass Edge Nation, this former FLW Tour angler has taken the MLF BPT events by storm in its inaugural season. He's looking to win the points title. He's already qualified for the Red Crest Championship to be held at Lacrosse later this summer, where he actually had an awesome event a few years ago. We'll talk about that. But welcome to the show, Jeff Sprague. Gosh, guys, thank you. Awesome. Great to be here. Well, Jeff, we, uh, as always, appreciate you taking time to be back on the show and just a few days before tackling the state eight event in Nina, Wisconsin. What do you see as your focus going into this last event? I try not to put too much pressure on, on myself or any of the situations, but obviously the, the bigger the platform, the more pressure that everyone seems to be putting on you. And I'm really trying not to change my focus. And the focus is, is the fish at hand and, and, the, and the body of water that we're going to. So uh, honestly, we just got to get there, um, get a look at that place and see exactly what it has to offer and see what we can make happen. Jeff, I got to ask you a personal question. You come from the FLW Tour, lots of anglers kicking butt on the MLF BPT events from the FLW Tour, as we've seen in years past before the Bass Pro Store even began. You'd always see FLW Tour anglers come over to uh, the Bassmaster Elite Series and really start ripping them up. Are you getting any feedback from anglers over there saying, what is up with these guys coming from the FLW Tour? And when they come over, they seem to just light this place up right well it's a very very interesting situation because you're pretty accurate when it comes to that there's a lot of things that go into that i feel like a lot of things that aren't noticed and a lot of things that people overlook with flw um you know a lot of the anglers that do leave flw have qualified to go to where they go which means you know those anglers deserve to be there they've qualified through either open events or you know from through some sort of world finishes like what we did at the bass pro tour uh, world rankings and we've been fishing with, you know, boater, non-boaters in the back of the boat. Um, and that's where I got my start. So you'll never hear me say anything bad about a non-boater. But we have to fish differently there. And we're dividing our fish. And sometimes we don't even know what we're capable of catching because we're having to divide it and to, and to guard it and, and to fish differently. So, you know, these guys that get to leave FLW and, and, and to go other places, it's kind of like someone taking the restrictor plate off your go-kart when you're a kid. <laughs> and you get to go wide open, you know, if that makes any sense. It's, it's it totally different. It's fun, you know. That's pretty good perspective. I like your analogy there. You know, you're going to be on fisheries up north probably that you've seen for the first time unless you've had some chance to go up there and pre-practice. Um, how has that affected your preparation going into this final event at Ninha? And do you know if it's going to be a predominantly largemouth or smallmouth fishery? You know, I, I don't know if it's a, if it's going to be one way or another. I have read that there's a, an abundance of both species in the, that particular body of water. There are several other bodies of water that we will be fishing while we're there, from my understanding. And also right. we have alternative lakes if the winds blow. So, no, to be honest with you, it, it doesn't really affect it too terribly much. And, and the way that I look at it is it's, it's an equal opportunity body of water because no one really has any 
history there, and that is key. Basically, we get to go. We get a day and a half, day and three-quarter of practice, and it's a giant body of water, and who can find them on the fly and, and, and who can make the adjustments, and that's what's super cool about it. Well, with the MLF format being a different scoring method than the FLW Tour, did you change how you approach the Brass Pro Tour events? No, and I don't think anyone truly has that much from just visiting with you know with my competitors and with other anglers. I think everyone pretty much does what they do, and they look for what they look for so that's what's really interesting about it it's just with mlf and major league fishing and the bass pro tour it frees you um it frees a guy who is willing to to accept it and know that he can trust his instincts and he doesn't have to worry about going and catching a five or six or a three or four you just go and try to pattern even throughout the day if, if things change where guys are a little bit more apprehensive to change their style or what they're doing during an event with Major League Fishing, I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like the format changed me. I didn't really change with the format because I would do the same thing in a tour event, and that's why we would have success that we did. But I don't feel like I ever had the opportunity to win as much just because you needed one key bite, you needed a seven or something to put you there. And here, I don't feel the pressure to just try to go and catch that one bite. That's a big difference and a, and a totally different outlook. It's it's very unique. The events obviously also have a different format, not only in the scoring method, which we kind of just talked about a little bit, but also in the fishing days, right? And how have you liked that new process where you have a day on, a day off? What are some of the benefits or drawbacks that you've seen through that? The benefits are... Obviously, we have time to reach out and go into the communities and do things with the cities and, and, the, and the schools and, and the people in the community and, and, and get to know and get to share with everyone what MLF is and what fishermen do and, and get to visit, you know, and kind of let everybody know that, hey, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time and we like to hang out and share our knowledge with everyone. So that's what's really cool about us going and having days off and then being able to do our tackle and, and things like that. And the drawback, which also you could see as a, as a positive, is the fishing changes every single day. Mm-hmm. So when we go to a body of water and you go and you find what you think you found and then you get a day off and then you fish a day and then you get another day off, that changes all completely. So a guy has to be able to change his game plan. A guy has to be able to, you know, to go back out and somewhat be in search mode during the event because when you roll up and, and things don't go your way, you can sink really fast. And if you're not willing to pull that dadgum little cord on the side of your life jacket and save your life, then you're going to sink and it's going to show in your performance. Right. Quick off-the-wall question before we take a break. What would it mean to you to win the championship here? We're a couple days out of the, the final regular season event starting there in Wisconsin. What would it mean to Jeff Sprague to win the inaugural Bass Pro Tour points title? Just being at this particular junction in my life and to be able to have the opportunity to say that we can do this is is huge beyond huge it's very humbling to be able to go head to head uh, and to do it against the angler you know with edwin that's going to be down between he and i it would change my you know my mental status a little bit and give you that confidence that to know that you belong and that you've achieved a lot of the things that you've worked so hard for but uh it would be career changing for a guy that has just come into the sport you know as young as i am and i mean i'm going to do everything i can do in my power to catch what i got to catch to do it but uh obviously i have one of the, the toughest competitors in the sport ahead, you know side by side with me there sure and they're all tough as we know and, and no matter what happens jeff you've got the gift 
You proved it in FLW Tour for many, many years. You jump over to the Bass Pro Tour, and uh, again, you know, you're at the top of the game, and there's no question that you've got what it takes to, to do whatever it is in the sport that needs to be done to be successful at it. So congratulations on that. But hang in right here. We're going to power pull down, take a quick pause. Bass Edge Radio will be right back. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the power pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift. Power pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, power pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to eight feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented by Lorance Electronics returns with MLF Bass Pro Tour angler Jeff Sprague in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products. For oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements, be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Jeff, we're going to take a quick look as summer is beginning and, and just some fishing techniques around your home area, you know, that North Texas area. I'm curious to your preferred methods to locate fish in early July. How's Jeff Spray going to break it down? Early July, we start to get into that super hot summer, guys. You know, I mean, that's where fishing really starts to get tough. So you got to capitalize on that morning bite, to be honest with you. So I really start the mornings off looking on top water. You look for some, you know, schoolers and, and things like that. I like a walking bait, you know, Strike King has got a really good walking bait out. And then a buzz bait is really key for me that, that time of the year. So start with that. And then as the sun comes up and, and things start to heat up, I definitely like to go to those Lawrence Electronics, back off and, and start looking at my points and, and long points and looking for suspended fish and fish that are still out there wanting to feed. Can't go wrong with a LaRue Biffle head, hard head by Gene LaRue and, uh, and a Carolina rig. You know, those are key. And if that doesn't work, there's, you know, you always have a 6XD on your deck because that just seems like a, a Strike King 6XD or, or even a 5XD, you're able to fish it up into, you know, the water columns a little more if you can find those brush piles and or trees where those fish will suspend. Just a great way to catch them and it's a great way to just get offshore and get some wind on you versus being tucked up against the bank where that time of the year the fish just really, really don't want to be in that super hot water. Well, Jeff, you know, we talk a lot about kind of that mental aspect here on, on Bass Edge Radio and certainly with Dr. Jay McNamara's book, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing. But one thing I want to get your opinion on is how do you keep your focus when bites become a premium as the water temperatures continue to warm during the summer months, but also, you know, not just the water temperatures, but the air temperatures. I mean, as an angler out there, even if you're well protected and have all the uh, sunscreen and sun gear and the right stuff and hydration, sometimes it gets gone hard. Absolutely, guys. And I mean, I can't stress enough, your wellness is, is number one priority and you can get too hot on the water, guys. I mean, you know, sunstrokes, heat exhaustion, these things happen. They're very real. And we also know that a lot of guys, as they get older, they want to spend more time on the water and this is when you become more susceptible. So coming from a former EMT, I've seen it all too often. We got to take care of ourselves and that's with obviously proper sun protection from the, you know, sun, meaning loose clothing, you know, a little bit larger floppy hat maybe and things like that all come into play but the bite will slow down however you have to capitalize and then you have to sometimes make yourself do things that don't necessarily make sense and which means 
fish may not always want to be on the bottom that time of the year, you know, and then as things warm up like that, the thermoclines really kick in and, and fish really use those. They have to use those. It dictates where they will be. So if, if you can kind of figure that out and, and it's able to use it to your advantage and fish out there in that, you know, 15, 17 sometimes, and you're not truly fishing anything in particular, which means if you're having to throw a topwater bait in the middle of the super hot day, because they'll feed up, but they can't feed down. The big misconception is a lot of times guys want to fish deeper in the summer, and that's not the case because the lakes do thermocline and the fish get pushed up, which means they'll still be out in the lake, but they can't be in that 25 or 30. They can't be in 22. they got to be in 20 because it will not allow them to go any deeper just because of the thermocline. If a guy can figure that out, find those brush piles, find any structure that's out there in that 20, 18, 17 where those fish have to be, you greatly increase your chances of, of getting those bites and they don't become quite so premium they do become a little more readily available so just being open-minded about it and understanding how and where fish can be will greatly increase your opportunity of catching more bass Jeff, a great breakdown there on summer fishing and gosh i mean that was great details on thermocline too um as you continue to grow in the sport of fishing as you mentioned earlier in our previous segment you know you're a younger guy in the in the game and really just you know over the last five years i've really found your stroke and and now you're pushing it to the top level what are the biggest challenges you see pro anglers have to overcome to be successful as we grow in the sport and as i've noticed it doesn't always become about fishing anymore for anglers who are pushed into the spotlight the spotlight is the it's the greatest feeling in the world because you've you've worked so hard to get there and that's what we all strive for is and it's not necessarily the spotlight that is that trophy or that check or that feeling of i accomplished this but dealing with the business side of bass fishing and dealing with the pressure that comes along with success is very difficult i've learned that already a lot it's a hard balance and it's a hard harmony to sometimes get to work with one another so you have to just kind of step back and take a breath and everybody has to kind of you know you have to be very direct and you have to be very open with your relationships in the industry and with your sponsors and with your family because your children still need their dad your friends still need their buddy your mom and dad still need their son your brother's still needs their brother and you're being torn in so many different directions that it can become mentally stressful and i have noticed that but at the same time just growing up in the country guys i come home when i get a chance i'm just the same old country kid i was when i started this gig and uh i'd love to go crappie fishing i love to sling an air at a whitetail that's what i do and so at the end of the day i have to check myself mentally and just say hey guys i'm gonna be away from my phone for a couple of days you know and, and that's just part of it because between the fishing and then you know working side of it it becomes a lot i mean and that's that's one of the biggest things that i've had to deal with great interpretation jeff it's time for our listener question segment brought to you by nitro performance bass boats Cody Naquin sends in a question, and here it is, Jeff. Try to help Cody with this. When you get to a new lake, what are things you're looking for to determine where you'll find fish? Cody, good question. That's awesome. Um, And and to be honest with you, what I immediately look for is water clarity. Clarity is is a super big deal for me, water temperature, and then also taking into, time, into consideration the time of the year. What are we doing? Are we looking at pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn, summertime patterns, fall? If you already kind of know that you're going from one season to another, or if we're starting to transition into a season, you already have a semi-game plan of what those fish should be doing, meaning if we're coming into a spawn event, you know that they're pre-spawn. The water temperature's at 53. It's not quite 55 to 57 where some bass will start to move in. You know you're looking at a pre-spawn, so you're automatically going to think you know reaction baits um you're going to think about rattle traps jerk baits you know 
bladed jigs, and even a, a jig sometimes if things are slow and you can't get that bite. But reaction baits are key to find the fish. That's a big, big thing for me, and, and it's to have a have a game plan in your mind of what stage those fish could possibly be in, uh, and have an open mind throughout the day because sunshine changes the lake throughout the day in the springtime. That things will go from free spawn to spawn in hours. So you always kind of have to keep an open mind and just move around and see what you like. Don't get stuck in one spot thinking that the fish are going to be, you know, right here because sometimes you can pull into one pocket and it's no good. You go five miles down the lake in a flatter pocket and it's lights out. So just be able to look around a little bit and look for your water color, you know, look at your vegetation, look and see what the lake has to offer you and fish what the lake has to offer you. If it's rock, look for the different types of rocks. If it's wood, look for horizontal, then look for vertical wood, you know, look for different things to try because one thing is going to be stronger than the other. And that's what really helps you pick apart a lake. Wow. Great breakdown of Cody's question. Thanks Jeff for answering that. And Cody, we certainly appreciate you sending in your question, but there is one more thing that we need from you, and that is to uh, provide us with your information. Simply go into BassEdge.com, click the Claim Your Prize tab, fill out the information, and we will get that sent out to you. Another way is simply send an email to support at BassEdge.com or certainly through any of our social media outlets, letting us know that you heard Jeff answer your question on the show to receive your Bass Edge gift. And Bass Edge Nation, as a reminder, keep firing in those questions. We've been getting a lot of them here at Bass Edge Radio. You can hear your question answered here right on the show. Email us support at BassEdge.com or leave us a comment on our Facebook, Instagram or Twitter media pages. Well, Jeff, uh, once again, thanks for coming back for another visit on the show. We certainly will be watching you to see how the year ends up for you. Any final thoughts or or comments for Bass Edge Nation? No, you guys are great. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, you know, good luck to everyone out there this summer on their their events. We got a lot of a lot of summer coming up, a lot of fish to catch. That's right, Jeff. Hey, before you leave, I'm going to send you off with our final segment. Four last questions for you, kind of off the cuff. What was your first thought when you woke up this morning? I've got to do a radio interview. With- <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Who is your favorite? fishing partner my favorite fishing partner is jason reyes and that's who i've cut my teeth with he's a is an flw tour guy great guy been there for me throughout my whole career you know but he's gonna have to step aside pretty soon because my son will be casting before long so we may have to stick him <laughs> in the boat with me Gosh. What is your favorite show to watch on TV? Ah, Yellowstone. If they'll ever come back out with a second season, uh, it's, it's an awesome show. If y'all haven't watched it, Kevin Costner, you know, it's about uh, up there in Montana in the modern day or cowboy era of some sort. But it's a, uh, it's kind of addicting. I thought it was a Lonesome Dove type series, just a made-for-television movie. Then I got tricked into watching it, and now here I am hooked on it like a little girl. That's cool. Yeah, I'll check that one out. I haven't heard of that one. I like it. And last question, if you were a brand, what would your motto be? Oh, uh, if I was a brand, my motto would be flip in the back of the room, watch what's going on before you ever open your mouth. I like it. That's great freaking advice. Man, Jeff, I appreciate you being with us today on Bass Edge Radio. Best of luck the rest of the way. Bass Edge Nation, stay tuned. We'll return in a moment. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. 
Also from MegaWear Keelguard, Skegguard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWear Keelguard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Aaron, it was, uh, I think it was about two years ago now, we had Jeff on, you know, the first time he was on Bass Edge Radio, and uh, as typical junkie of the sport, I'm always looking for that next kind of up-and-comer, the guy that I really feel like, you know, might have a breakout, and I've been on point several times with that, and uh, dude, Sprague is no different. Jeff Sprague, lighting it up with the uh, Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour, it's going to be interesting to see this and check this out and, and what happens but um dude he's grown in so many facets he's talking about fishing 10 times better than he did before he's fishing no, i won't say 10 times better but you know you can just see this evolution that's taking place that is reaching a pinnacle with jeff sprague and it's fun to watch it's fun to see the progress yeah and fun to talk to i mean like you said i mean his uh, all of his skill set has just matured greatly and and hats off to him. And then today, Kurt, I kind of like the fact that we had really the, the two for one and bringing yeah. back veteran uh Charlie Hartley with his prowess and, and what he's able to do. Yeah, you know, Charlie having a little segment about smallmouth fishing, we don't often have, you know, long drawn out segments about smallies. Obviously, the predominant smallmouth fishing in the U.S. is well above the Mason-Dixon line, you know. Basically, you're looking at four or five states, you know, everything way up north in the top tier. And, and really, the fishing season's so short there, but definitely wanted to break that down. Who better than former elite series angler and fishing fanatic freak <laughs> charlie hartley so great to hear his perspective on some smallmouth fishing hopefully it's able to uh help you anglers out there go and enjoy some of that brown fish action no doubt they are a ton of freaking fun for sure and i just want to remind all bass edge listeners you know when this episode was taped we're, here we are on july 1st but leading up to we had to get with jeff prior to obviously for various reasons obvious reasons i should say but make sure if you want to see how everything shook out from what we were talking about be sure to go to uh, major league fishing the bass pro tour and you can catch up on all of the results and and how he wound up in that uh, chase for angler of the year but in the meantime we have to shut down we are at the end of 307 but the good news is just in two weeks 308 will be right around the corner july 15th want to encourage everybody stay abreast with us on social media and certainly check out bassedge.com for all the latest articles videos and some of the great merchandise including dr j mcnamara's book the psychology of exceptional fishing for kurt dove i am aaron martin so long everybody and we look forward to hanging with you on july 15th happy fourth the 
Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. 